All right, guys, welcome back to episode... Because we uh, don't know what number we're on. I actually have to go to the website to see... Yeah, we're, yeah, what we're season we're a 300 on. number. But. <laughs> we don't keep up with that stuff, but we know that... Uh, here we go. We are on... This is episode 296. Ooh, it's getting closer. Getting that, getting that milestone episode. That's right. So That's right. All right. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about 10 email campaign ideas that you can use to generate more sales. And uh, we're going to go through this. Sean's put a list or has a list. He got it from somewhere. We're going to go through it, discuss it, and uh, share our thoughts on our thoughts on it, if we have any thoughts on it. Yeah, we definitely have a few. Um, so this is interesting. So as a freelancer copywriter, um, one of the biggest pain points I see when I coach people, mm-hmm. um, and I'm, I mean, I coach some pretty successful, you know, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, coaches, consultants, things like that. And I am constantly amazed at how afraid of email they are. Yeah. And how overwhelmed by email they are and like, I don't know what to write about email. Mm-hmm. I don't know how often I should send email. Um, you know, so it's like, so we're going to be covering 10 email campaign ideas that you can use. Mm-hmm. Uh, to, so when you're stuck, these are 10 different ideas you can use to write an email and we'll, you know, we'll, we'll get into, I'm sure as we talk about this frequency, yeah. um, you know, we'll, we'll talk about that kind of stuff as well. Um, before we do though, I have a new beverage. Yeah. Jonathan is so in love with his peanut butter and banana Gotta stick with beverage it. that he's going to stick with it. Elvis says stick with it. Yeah. Um, so he's drinking the sweet baby banana, right? That's right. Um, I, on the other hand, have a drink from Saloon Door Brewing. I must break you. Man, I, I would you. love to get that. I, You know, I wouldn't even drink that. I just put it up a... Uh, I can send you the empty can if you want. <laughs> I don't want the empty can. I want a full can that I don't open. Okay. Okay. Where do you, so you got that you. at the. This is a, this is the HEB, the local grocery store here in is, Texas. Okay. I'm going to check um, out total wine. I'm going to see if I can find that at total wine. Yeah. It's saloon door brewing from Webster, Texas. Okay. Is the brand. Mm-hmm. And this is a, this is also a, um, this is a nitro Imperial stout. Oh, so it is back to what you would expect an Imperial Stout to look like, mm-hmm. nice and dark. Um, I actually already took a sip while we were talking. Can you hold that can up one more time? I just want yep. to see it with the boxing gloves. Uh, for for you young people out there who are not, uh, are not Rocky the fans, the greatest uh, boxing movie Rocky ever Four? was Rocky Four. Yeah. Where he fights so the you, Russians. You like Rocky Four above Rocky Three? Oh yeah, that's my favorite yeah. all time. Yeah, exactly. Get the best. It's definitely got the best training montage. Oh, I played that training. I, I played that training montage when I was in <laughs> high school working out. I would go for yeah. runs with the uh, the the cassette tape and the Walkman, wearing <laughs> that thing out, man. Yes, pretending yeah. you were in the snow. That's trying right. To leave the Mercedes behind. That's right. Yes, absolutely. That was a class. That was a classic, good old '80s montage right there. That's man. right. Every like, one. I don't think there's nothing bad on that album. The training montage is is, is really good. Yeah. Um. But everything on that on that Rocky Four album was yes outstanding. 
It was the height of the, you know, kind of in the Cold War. Absolutely. Uh, What was it? It was Rocky IV. It was Red Dawn. Red Dawn, yeah. Uh, yeah, was, man, like the original Red yeah, Dawn, before the, the remake. Exactly, it was before the uh, the Berlin. It was right before the Berlin Wall came came down, and yeah. in, uh, in the East Germany, and then uh, and then you had you know it was before Russia, like what happened in ninety two. They you know kind of dissolved, or the USSR dissolved. So yeah, I mean it was like tensions were were high. I mean that was Mikhail. What is he? Gorbachev with the the guy with the spot on his head. They call that, I think they call that a birthmark. <laughs> the chocolate, chocolate milk on his head. I don't know. Yeah. Uh. yeah so that was what, uh, I just had to look it up. 1985. There's no easy way out. Okay. We got, we got a Facebook user says, yes. Uh, there is no E. I love that song. I play that time and time yes. again. There's no easy yes. way out. That's awesome. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. So good one. I must break you as the beer of the day for me. <laughs> 11% alcohol by volume following yeah. the 9% from the last episode. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, well, no telling where this episode goes uh, for me. Robert anyway, Tepper, Jonathan may I have to take. I'm taking. <laughs> I like it. Take it in a different Good. direction, man. No. Nah, yeah. That's Love classic. that profile pick, Robert yeah. Tepper. That's a great, great profile pick. He does have the, like the little rock hand and a pink punk hair yeah. uh so that's cool yeah. and the and emojis yep. all right so yeah so 11 percent alcohol saloon door brewing if you're looking for a good texas craft beer yeah they make a ton of them um says you must hard pour this beer do not tilt the glass so this is one of those straight pours you know mm-hmm. that we've talked about in the past yeah open can and pour straight up and down seriously you must hand pour this beer. It's way better. Cheers to you, friend. Enjoy your I Must Break You Nitro. So there are some beers that you have to pour straight down the glass and not tilt on the side. So there Absolutely. All right. I'm going to go ahead and taste mine since you've already tasted yours. Okay. I want you to give me in your best Drago voice, Sean. <laughs> I want you to say, I must break you. I must break you. That's pretty good. I don't know if I can top that. <clears throat> I'm break you. That's good. There I like go. it. All right. I All right. Clip that for for future sound effects <laughs> on future shows. Yeah, that right, training so sequence. The training sequence in Russia is by far the all. That's the coolest uh, sequence. I mean, yeah. just with in the, the barn. Yep. When he's doing like the whole body like reverse plank sit up thing. Man, just you know, it. Yeah. like. Like, and that's not CGI. Like, that was the real no, thing. Exactly. That guy was ripped. I mean, his, his, he had washboard. His abs. Yeah. His abs had abs. Yeah. Like, his abs. Exactly. His abs had abs. And that guy it was, was like a six pack cubed. Yep. Like, it was like, he's ripped. Was like that's probably the ripped six, he, of all the Rocky movies. That's the ripped he's ever been in that movie. Yeah. Let's see. Let's see. Uh, Rocky four picks. Sly Stallone. That guy, he, yeah, he was, and he was lean, but he was just shredded. I mean, shredded. I don't know, but like, so, like the the Rocky Three, where he fought uh, Apollo, not, not Apollo, but the Clubber Lang, Mister T. Yeah. He was pretty ripped there, but he was like, he was l- a little more bulky, I think, in that movie. And four, dude, was just shredded. Yeah, shredded. I look, I mean, look at those. 
like the obliques, man, like yeah. just insane. And, that, and that's the ones that got that got pounded. Yep. Uh, <laughs> the exactly. body shots. Exactly. He and had to course, shred like, those things, man. Those things had to be tight against Drago. Yeah. And look at the height difference, man. Like, oh no, Drago was like, I think that's uh, Dolph Dolph Lundgren, who is yeah. uh, in actuality, I think you know Sly Stallone's about five eleven. Uh, Dolph yeah. Dolph Lundgren's about six foot six, six five, six six. Yeah. So a little bit of difference there. Yeah. What is the yeah? So let's look at like Rocky Four. He's like a piece of yes, I love that. That was my um, that's my favorite line in the oh yeah that's good. Um, yeah, when he's in the ring. Yeah, what was the yeah when it, during the fight he's like the guy's like iron or something like that. Yeah. That's what he said. He's not human. He's like a piece of iron. That's good. That's great. <laughs> yeah. It's like that's that's what we're going for. <laughs> yeah, the, the old Rocky Four training montage. Yep, um, exactly. One of the tops. In Russia, mm-hmm. hold on. We'll probably get copyright violations for this. <laughs> We're gonna get silenced. Oh man, I'm getting goosebumps, Sean. I'm gonna have to pull out my. Uh, I've got. I've got this on my playlist now. The problem with the playlist, though, if you have the training montage, it doesn't. It doesn't give you the uh, start. Some of the starting visual, yeah. Oh, the long kind of the wind up, yeah. The wind up too. You kind of miss some of the beginning. It's kind of like the radio edit, right? Mm-hmm. Instead of the, yep. You don't you don't get the full thing, yeah. Yeah, I like uh, yeah, our Facebook user. He he knows, or she knows. Yep. I don't know. Anyway, good stuff. All right, enough about that. We better talk about something. That and, actually- and here's the cool thing: you, we talk about like <laughs> comparing contrast. Here's my last thing, but this is marketing related. Comparing contrast: you got Drago on one side, who's got all the technology, right? Yes, the superior mm-hmm. technology. You know, he's in, getting injected with the steroids, and he's got the yeah. the high end equipment. And here's the contrast: is here's Stallone over here, or Rocky over here, just like out in the middle of nowhere, chopping wood running in the yeah. snow, you know, it's like, yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah. There's, it's kind of like branding versus direct response, right? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Big budget versus small budget. That's right. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. So let's talk about the 10 email campaign ideas to generate more sales. Right. Um, like I said, I talk with clients all the time who just get absolutely stuck. They're like, I don't know stuck. what to do with my emails. Even in the, like, even in the world of chat GPT, they're getting stuck. <laughs> yeah. What the hell? <laughs> um, and they're like, well, how often do I send? And I'm like, as long as I keep buying, you keep sending. That's right. But they unsubscribe. I was like, well, then you're not adding enough new names to your list. That's right. Absolutely. Got to replace them. Ben Settle right now is is pitching his like list building course or book, uh, which you can pick up for $641 if you Mm -hmm. want it. Yeah. Um, Because that's the way Ben rolls. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, it's, it it is, I'm, I'm constantly amazed by these companies, coaches, consultants, info marketers, and they're doing 250, 500,000, sometimes even a million dollars a month. Yeah. Um, and they're still lost on emails about how to right. do it, what to do, how often to do it, what to write about, like all this kind of stuff. Right. So here's a list 
that is a, I think a good round smorgasbord of ideas that you can use to, to send out to your list, the types of emails you can write to send out your list that are a good combination of, you know, we've got the content people on one side, we've got the pitch people on the other side. This is a good mix of all those. Right. So the first email is the, how are you doing email? Yeah. Which is just what it sounds like. Right. So this is a great email to check in on your subscribers, um, to see if they're, you know, if they got any questions, um, you know, it's just, it's kind of a polite thing, right? Every once in a while you call up a buddy or a friend you're like, Hey, how you doing? Right. And, and that's really how it should feel. It should be like, Hey, how kind of, yeah, so it's like, kind of a, um, pattern interruption. Most people don't even say that anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they don't take the time. Yeah. Most people don't take the time to say, Hey, how you doing? It's, it's usually, uh, there's a purpose behind everything. So, yeah, you know, it's, and it's, what's really good about this email too, is that, uh, if you're sincere about it <clears throat> and you invite them to reply, it will actually help your ISP. Sure. Um, or your email sender mm-hmm. response rate, right? Cause you'll get some replies back, which makes you look more like a real sender and not just, uh, you know, an e-com brand that's hard pitching everybody with the, the latest sale of the week. Right. You know, this is more conversational. It's back and forth. Sure. And that really does help. Uh, you know, first of all, it's just the right thing to do. And second, it does really help your, your email provider, mm-hmm. uh, to, improve your response rates and your deliverability rates and all those different things. And you can do this. I mean, you could use that one pretty often, but yeah. let's say you only send email twice a week. Mm-hmm. So we're going to give you 10 ideas here. So that's five weeks that you could rotate through. Easy. Just, um, do yeah. we have a list here, Sean, or are we just going to, uh, we can throw I do up have or... a list. I'm kind of reading it. I can oh, okay. show it real quick. If you think that's a good idea. Uh, it's just in my notes tab. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, let me share that screen. You can write these down, you lazy bums. We're not going <laughs> to give you a document to download because you'll get lazy. We don't have it downloaded. Yeah, we don't want to do that. But I will share my screen. Okay. Let's see. Let's do a window. Let's do the notes tab. People are so spoiled. Chat GPT. Come yeah. on. Give me, give me a break. Yeah. So, yeah. Right, this. Uh, by the way, this, this is probably the most valuable app on my iPhone is the notes tab. Mm. Of all the fancy apps, this capture the notes tab on my iPhone is where I capture most of my ideas and like Absolutely. save them. But yeah, you could use Notion or Evernote, but for some reason I just like the notes tab. I use I love the notes tab. I use it mostly for um what I love about the notes tab because it syncs with all of your Apple devices. So yeah. Um so I'll I'll put yeah. my show notes like my podcast show notes on a, on a, Mm -hmm. uh, on the notes tab. And it doesn't matter where I'm at. I can just pull my show notes or my script or my, um, you know, my advertisers and I read their stuff on there on my show notes because it syncs with everything. So no matter where I am, I just pull it up on my phone, read it. Yeah. So for instance, this is my persuasion by the pint show ideas, right? Show ideas. Cause you get the best ideas while you're out about, right? Exactly. Um, so or like in the shower. Saw, yeah. <laughs> That's what grease pencils are for. That's right. Uh, underwater scuba pencils, actually, which you can buy on Amazon. That's right. To capture ideas in the shower. Exactly. Uh, that's a real thing, by the way. Mm-hmm. We should, they should be a sponsor. That's right. No, but like today I, I was running across, I was in the old Facebook and I mm. saw this new company 
um, called Ad Zombies. Oh. Who's got some really cool ads going on. Mm. So I DM'd them today to ask them if they want to be a guest on the show. So they may be a guest in the very near future. Zombies. All right. Ad zombies. Ad zombies. They're doing some cool old school stuff okay. in the Facebook feed. So I All like right. I like that. Anyway, back to the emails. Mm-hmm. Um, how are you doing? This is a simple email to check in, you know, see if they have any questions. And a lot of people use this on opt-in day, like shortly after they opt in. I think you could use this anytime to check in. Not oh, just absolutely. Yeah. As long as you don't uh, over, you I, don't overdo it. Like, I think once every two you months. you just ask so me how I was doing yesterday? Yeah, that wouldn't work. Yeah, right. <laughs> but every, you know, every five to eight weeks, I think is sure. is a good, good measure. Yeah. Um, especially if you're incorporating a lot of these other things. For instance, number two, and by the way, if you're just listening by audio, you can catch us on the YouTube or on persuasionbythefight.com and you can actually see the list and and get a visual stimulus there. Uh, All right, so number two is lessons learned. Share your top five or three or seven lessons learned about a certain topic. That's good. I like that. Yeah, so if you just... you're out and you kind of learn something interesting that relates to your audience, your avatar, like just fire off an email and talk about it. Cause it'll do a couple things. If you remember the classic book, seven habits of, of highly successful, successful people. people. Yeah. One of the things he says in there, the best way to learn something is to teach it. Right. So if you will use your email as a teaching tool to teach your audience and share what you're learning with them, right. You'll learn it better. They'll get benefit from it. And you've got a piece of content that you can share, not only an email, but then you can turn that into a carousel post on Instagram. You can turn it into a Facebook post. You can turn it into a LinkedIn post. Lots of things. Mm -hmm. All of these, by the way, you could, you could use on social media. Sure. Um, We're just talking about email because that's where people get the most freaked out for some reason. Another one is let's connect. Number three is let's connect. Mm-hmm. So this is where you create an email that lists all your social media profiles so your subscribers can connect with you in some way besides the inbox, right? Sure, yeah. Um, you know, because maybe you share some stuff on social media that you may not share in, in an email, right? Pictures, mm-hmm. trips you're on, things like that. So it lets you, if you've got an active social media you know, a lot of times these two worlds are separate, you know, just yeah. not intentionally, but just kind of by accident because we get busy and we don't think to connect and introduce the two worlds to each other, right? We have our right. social media followers, then we have our email followers, um, the never the two shall meet, yeah. right? So you right. gotta, you gotta invite people into those other spaces. It's like, have you ever met somebody, Jonathan, like out of context and you can't remember where you know them from, but they look familiar? Like yes. maybe you always see them at church and then one day you see them at Walmart and you're like, I know that person, but I don't know where. Yeah. He's got a familiar <laughs> it's face. Like, it's like that out of context, That's right. out of body experience. So, yep. so this is how you can bring those worlds together is mm-hmm. to do an email um, that invites your list to come join you in other places. Yep. And you could do one at a time, right? So maybe one week it's Instagram and another week it's Facebook right. and another week it's LinkedIn and another week it's, you know, TikTok and another week it's whatever else you're on, OnlyFans or whatever mm-hmm. you're doing out there. Yeah. No judgment on our part. <laughs> um, and then 
So I'm so assuming the ones in, in quotation marks are actually titles that you can use, right? Mm-hmm. Let's connect. Yeah, you could use that. You could use that as a subject line for sure. Not the one. Yeah. But the one, the ones outside are obviously don't say I mean, direct lessons promotion. Learned actually would not be, lessons learned actually would not be a bad subject line. No, it wouldn't. That'd be a decent su- subject. Direct promotion would be a horrible subject line. I don't know. Uh, I've seen guys do that. Like, I can't okay. remember who it was, but I remember a couple of years ago, I followed a guy and when I signed up for his list, he said, I send emails every day, but on the days that I'm trying to sell you something, I'll put in brackets, direct selly. Oh, okay. Right. That's or good. Selly sell or something like that. Yeah. So he, he said right up front when he started the relationship, you know, here I send emails every day here's what a sales email is going to look like compared to a content. And I thought that was brilliant. Yeah. That's um, good. yeah. And it was something silly like that. It was like silly sell would be in brackets mm-hmm. before the actual subject line. And I was like, that's cool. Cause it's, it's upfront. It's honest. Absolutely. Like it's, it's very transparent. Um, you know, and, and if people like you, they want to buy from you. Sure. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's almost like, it's almost a smart way to weed out the, you know, people that know if it is a promotion, they're like, okay, I want to hear what he says. But if it's not, you know, yeah. if they're not interested, then you're, you've not wait. I mean, I think it works really well in the, in the internet, like yeah. the marketing space and yeah. where people know what you're doing already anyway. Right. So to just be honest about it, I think it works well in those spaces. I don't know if it would work as well in some of the softer spaces. Sure. Um, but it might, I don't know. It's worth mm. trying. Yeah. So yeah, so number four is a direct promotion. Send out a direct promo of your product or service or a product you're an affiliate of. So this is where you just pitch your stuff, right? right. And and uh, I think it was Gary V. You know, he's got the book um, Jab 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 Right Hook, right? Mm-hmm. And his his theory is, you know, do three times the amount of content for every pitch you do. Sure. So if you look, this list is pretty much like that, right? It's like. Yeah here's three ways you could give content and then boom, here's a right hook that is an actual sales promotion. Yeah. Um, number five is the one thing the one share thing. that one tip hack or way. And this is kind of in contrast to like the five tips or the five, five lessons or the listicles that are so popular online. Mm-hmm. This is where you really come down to one core idea that like, you know, it's, I mean, uh, ClickFunnels has made a fortune off this, right? They built a yeah. literally a billion dollar empire off this one funnel away, right? You're you're just one funnel away, and how many people have copied them? Oh, absolutely. Now it's like you're one funnel away, you're one workout away, you're one whatever mm-hmm. away from the life you want. Yeah. So you could do kind of a one thing type email, and those, despite the popularity of list, you know, listicles. And when I say listicles, I mean any, you know, I don't know how, what the percentage is, but a lot, a percentage of blog posts are listicle style. Yep. You know, it's three, this seven, this five, this 10, this 101, this, Mm -hmm. um, to narrow down to one thing makes you kind of stand out big time. So there's a very popular book called the one thing. Yes. There was years ago. I mean, it's, it's a few years old. Yeah. Yeah, they built an entire company around mm-hmm. that book. Yeah. It was because it was so strong. I remember back 10 years ago, uh, Michael Masterson, uh, he wrote a, a series of articles about 
you know, one idea, one core idea when you're writing as opposed to, Mm -hmm. and typically, and to be fair, like a listicle is typically one idea with Mm -hmm. like 10 sub points. Sure. If it's, if it's well done. Yeah. Cause you wouldn't do like, um, 10 random things. I mean, we do that on our show sometimes, right? We do a flight of persuasion, which is just five random things. But for the most part, a list is a list of in one core category. Mm Mm-hmm. But this even narrows it down more. It's like, what's one thing that if you shared that would be really powerful for people? Yeah. You know, so, and that's great because you could get a, maybe you have a 10 list, a list of 10 tips. Well, now you've got 10 emails Mm because you just expand each of those 10 things into one email. Right. So maybe there's 10 ways to eat better Mm -hmm. uh, if you're in the fitness niche, right? 10, or maybe there's 10 recipes you know, high, 10 high protein recipes. I was doing a consulting thing with a a client the other day who does fitness and he had a recipe book of protein, high protein recipe books. So he could take any one of those recipes and create its own email out of one of those. Mm -hmm. And then he could say, Hey, if you like this, you love our recipe book that has 46 high protein recipes. Oh yeah. Yep. Right. So you give him a little taste literally, almost literally, not quite literally mm-hmm. in this case, but, you know, give them a little taste of it and then um, show them that there's more available. Yeah. And that can be really powerful. Right. So just to recap the first five, how are you doing? Mm-hmm. Lessons learned. Let's connect. Oh, let's connect is also, you could do something really cool. Like if you're willing to do this, not everybody's willing to do this. Um, if you know you're going to be in an area for a couple of days, like mm-hmm. maybe you're attending attending an event, mm-hmm. you could actually invite people to meet you for coffee at that event or near oh, yeah. that event. Yep. yep. And that really like is really powerful. Even if people aren't around, they're like, wow, this guy's or this gal is really, really willing to connect because yeah. they're telling me where they're at and you know, all this stuff. Our, so, but um, our friend David does that all the time. Hey, I'm yeah. and so-and-so. If you want to connect, let's, here's where I am. You know, David. Yeah, Thursday morning from 10 to 12, I'm going to be working from this coffee That's shop. Right. You know, come, if you stop by, we'll mm-hmm. buy you a cup of coffee. Yeah. That's really powerful, even if people aren't in the area, because it shows that you're willing to get together. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, kind of away from email for a second. Um, I saw somebody this week who they're at a big event and like a bit, you know, lots of people there. Um, it's out in Vegas. So they're, you know, it's a big networking event. I'm not going to name the name, but it's a mm-hmm. big networking event, mastermind type event. Sure. So what they're doing, they ran Facebook ads within two miles of the event center. Mm-hmm. So they geo targeted and they, yeah. and basically said, Hey, would you like to meet and with a picture of themselves that runs on Facebook and Instagram? Cause you know, everybody's scrolling, right? As soon as they get out of the, any given meeting or even while they're in the meeting. Mm-hmm. So they, and geo targeting, especially when it's that tight of an area, like a two mile area, yeah. super cheap, yep. like super cheap. So it's going right. to show up on everybody's phone that's in that area. So do you see, so you're scrolling through Facebook, you see this person's pictures Hey, you know, I'm at this event. Want to meet? You're like, oh, that's cool. And then when you see them walking down the hall, you're like, hey, I just saw your ad on. I mean, it's pretty, pretty smart. Right. No, pretty cool. It is cool. So if you're ever at a conference, you know, you can run ads within a 
one mile or two mile or three mile radius of that conference or trade mm-hmm. show or events. Yeah. So that people recognize you and you look like you're everywhere. Yeah. That's cool. So that's a, that's another, another way to leverage that. Um, so number four was direct promotion. Number five was the one thing. So number six, this is another kind of interaction question where you can get people to get, give you feedback, help the uh, email mm-hmm. deliverability, those kind of things. Number six is what is your most burning question? Mm. And this is cool because you'll get really good feedback about your avatar, about the people on your list, what they really want. Yeah. Um, all those kind of things, which is great material for using in marketing sure. later or to build a product, um, offer a, you know, cause if you get, let's say you send that out to a list, you know, even if your list was like, you know, a thousand people and you get 10 responses mm-hmm. that's and they all kind of say the same basic thing, right? There's a product opportunity right there. Oh yeah. For sure. Right. You just turn around and you just turn that into a product and then offer it, you know, two weeks later say, Hey, you know, two weeks ago, I sent out a question. What's your most burning question? Mm-hmm. Overwhelmingly, the, the majority of the people that answered said this or some version of this, you show a couple of screenshots, um, you know, blacking out their name. You say, so what I decided to do is I, I talked to my friends in the industry who are experts. I, I did some research and I came up with a course or a workshop or whatever. I'm going to be hosting a workshop this Saturday. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. I, that's a great way to absolutely to get, to do some market research and come up with a quick cash infusion yeah, to sell yeah. a course. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this could be done on social media, email. I mean, mm-hmm. this, this is used a lot on, on, on either or to get feedback. Yeah, all right these away. tactics we're talking about email. Cause I think that's where a lot of people get scared. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, these all could work on social media yep. and Facebook, mm-hmm. you know, different, different places. So number seven then is news, news and, and updates. updates. Yeah, that's good. This is really good because um, people want to know what's going on in their industry. So if you have a list of, you know, say copywriters mm-hmm. and you can kind of keep them up to date with, you know, what's going on with AI and what, you know, Justin Brooke is doing a really good job of this on his Facebook post. I'm not on his email list, so I don't know exactly what he's sharing there, Mm -hmm. but he does a really good job right now of keeping up with AI and testing things and all that, and then sharing it with his audience on Facebook. Right. And he's getting amazing interaction. Plus I think Facebook is pushing it because AI is a hot topic. Sure. Yeah. So his reach is more. Um, So yeah, any kind of news and updates that you can share around your product or industry is really powerful. Yeah. And then number eight, how to. how to's. Yeah, I love this one. Um, like you can never go wrong with a how to no. you know, article. I used right? to do like when uh, back when I did the um, years ago when I did the be beginner internet business podcast. We had an email list on there, and I would do a Saturday. We do every Saturday. There would be a tip of the week, mm-hmm. and I would test it. I would always test the headlines and, you know, how to's always outperformed every other title, you know, people just love how to, how to do this, how to do that. You know, they would click on it. The open rate on those was always so much better than anything else. Yeah. If you look at, I bet if you looked at the top 
nonfiction books, yep. either the title or the subtitle would be a how-to. Absolutely. Something. Yep. I think Bob Bly talks, your, your favorite, Bob Bly, he talked, My hero. I think half yeah. of his books are how-to. How-to, yeah, something. exactly. I mean, especially and his e-books. His co- yeah, in his copywriter's handbook, he's like, if all else fails, goes to a how-to, how-to. headline. Mm-hmm. Um, I used I to do, remember the, uh, when we do the meetup groups, just like yeah. every bullet was like a how to, how to, how to, yeah. I mean, it's like yep. throw it's, it's either how to or secrets, right? <laughs> secrets of, or how to, right. Yeah. One of those two. Yep. Uh, by the way, we could make a number 11. We could just do secrets of, Secret. that would be a number 11. <laughs> um, so yeah. So number nine is FAQ. This is great. Oh, do you yeah. remember Jonathan? Yeah. Um, the old FAQ. Do you remember? I don't know. It's probably been twelve years ago now. Mm-hmm. But when was it? Mike Phil same or oh, one man. of those guys that were popular back then? They did the ten 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 method where you did like ten frequently asked question. What was yeah. that? Traffic geyser back in yeah. the day. Oof, man, now you're taking me back to going old school now. I'm right? telling you, I'm uh, telling the. So it was like ten FAQs, ten SAQs. Yeah should ask questions, mm-hmm. right? So there's frequently asked questions. And then there was the should ask questions. What questions should the customer be asking? Right, right. Which I thought was a great little twist. Mm-hmm. So that's a whole nother, that's number 12 we could add to this list. Sure, yeah. Um, but yeah, FAQs, like people love FAQs. Like when you're on the fence about buying something, mm-hmm. what do you do? You scroll down to the FAQ section of the that's site. Right. Frequently asked. And yeah. you're like, and you, you're looking for that one question that answers your one doubt that you have. Mm-hmm. Yep. So if you've got a, a list and, you know, maybe sales haven't been as good as you want or sure or whatever, you do an FAQ series. Mm-hmm. And by the way, you could do all the FAQs in one or you could do a whole series for the week and answer it, like two or three a day. Yeah. And those are, those are areas where <clears throat> people always have reservations, right? And yeah. so you're simply... Those are, those are opportunities to kind of, you know, put, put to rest those fears, right. That people have, will there be a return policy, right? Is there a, is there a, yeah, that's the thing. It's usually usually so simple, right? It's, it's the little things that people get hung up on before they'll pull the trigger, right? It's like, yeah, am I going to have to pay, is the shipping free or am I going to have to pay for it? Is it? Does it ship immediately or like, am I going to have to wait six weeks? You Mm -hmm. know, it's like little things like that, especially in e-com. But even like, you know, information products, like if you can answer the biggest questions and and really all you need to do, if if you're established, you can go into your, um, your help desk and just look at what questions people are asking that aren't getting answered. Sure. Um, If you're new, just go to somebody else that has a similar product that has an FAQ section mm-hmm. on their website Yeah, and look at that because they probably crafted that based mm-hmm. on all the questions they get. Sure. So it's yeah. kind of like funnel hacking, but you're FAQ hacking. Right. So go hack the FAQs mm-hmm. in your, in your niche yep. and see what they're saying and, and figure out what's the same, you know, which ones you can use and answer, of course, in your, for your particular situation. Yeah. And then I would, like I said, I would add should ask questions. So I think those are even. That's good. More powerful sometimes because it's like, look, Hey, here's our frequently asked questions. Mm-hmm. So this would be cool actually. Now that I'm thinking about it, 
may do this for a client actually, cause I'm writing a series of emails right now. Um, so maybe you do three frequently asked questions in an email. Right. And then at the end you say, PS, here's the question that I don't get asked a lot, but people should be asking. Ooh, that's good. Yeah. And then you answer it. You, you say what the question is, then you answer it. And it's something that people don't typically think to ask. Right. right? Cause if you don't know the industry, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. um, let's say home improvement, for example, I used to sell home improvement. Yeah. Like, people kind of know what they want and they know kind of the questions they're supposed to ask. They're supposed to get three quotes. They're supposed to do these things. You know, they're supposed to ask about a warranty. They're supposed to ask about how long you've been in business, but they don't know the things that you really should ask. Like, Hey, how far out are you starting the job? Once I give you my deposit, (laughs) like, right. Cause contractors are notorious for like getting your deposit showing up, doing a little bit of work and then vanishing for two weeks while they right. catch up on some other work. Right. right? Cause it's a cash flow problem. Mm-hmm. So ask, so if you can expose those type of questions that they should be asking, it can be really, really powerful. Yeah. Yep. And then finally, number 10 is, um, case studies, case studies and cool. share a case study or a customer of yours. Very underutilized. Much- I see yeah, isn't it crazy how how few people do this? And when you see yeah. them, they're really, really powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And it usually answers a lot of the a lot of questions that people have. But in like a because it's basically a story, and we've talked so many times about story on here and how powerful story is, and that's how people learn. So if you could tell a story about a happy customer. Um, you know, or a customer that was frustrated and became happy. You know, there's so many different variations of a case study. Like your case study can highlight different pain points, different solutions, right? all kinds of stuff. So yeah, if you tell a case study, share a case study with people, it's also not you just saying, hey, we're the best, we're, we're great at this, blah, blah, blah. It's somebody else saying it for you. Right which is what makes it really powerful. In a case study, you have to write it. I mean, the way you write a case study, because I used to, I mean, I, I use these all the time in my industry. Like case studies mm-hmm. are like, and they're, they're detailed written. I mean, because we used to like, one of the companies I used to be with, we used to have to submit like every three, every two years, we'd have to submit like our best case studies from like yeah. our top industry clients that we sold to our, our top manufacturers that we sold to, we'd always have to write them down and we, and they would have like competition as the best case study, you know, out there, you know, it was like, it was a big deal. But I mean, these were like, these were like three or four page case studies. I mean, so I was like, what was the problem? What was the, what was the issue? Um, you know, how did you, you know, how, how did you, diagnose the problem initially and you know what were the, what was the process of of bringing in you know or evaluating the the right solution for that you know so it's like yep. in depth written so it's not just like it's that case studies are not just testimonials from customers but they're like it's like a, a well-written report on or a, a more detailed summary of what i mean yeah i mean it's basically a sales letter yeah but it doesn't come off as a sales letter. Exactly. But it is. Yeah. Um, 
AWAI, where I learned about copywriting, American Writers and Artists, mm-hmm. Inc. Um, they have a whole, they actually have a whole course on how to write case studies. Ooh. And there are copywriters out there that specialize. That's all they do. Case just case. like there's white paper. Yeah, just like there's white paper um, copywriters and sales letter copywriters and email copywriters. There's right. case study copywriters that that's all they do. Yeah. And what they'll do is they'll actually interview your clients to pull out these in these interesting angles and these yeah. little pain points and things like that. Sure. So if you got some, let's say you know you've got a hundred clients over the years, you know whether your product or service or whatever, you could hire a case study writer mm-hmm. to interview your top most loyal customers, your best customers, right? Um, and they'll say things to the writer that they won't say to you, mm-hmm. right? Because they're true. being interviewed. That's true. And, and a lot of times, because they, you know, because we've talked about the psychology of why people do things on this show before and, mm-hmm. and things like that. When somebody's being interviewed and they know it's for a case study and they know it's for you and they like you, they're going to reveal some things to that. That basically, it's basically a reporter, right? Um, mm-hmm. It's interviewing them that maybe they've not even told you, right? especially if it's a good case study writer and they'll pull that case study writer will pull out some interesting details that you wouldn't have thought to ask or whatever. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it can be really, really strong Mm -hmm. and they, because they tend to be, you know, two, three, four, five pages. Yep. Compared to a testimonial. That's a paragraph. These are great PDFs to give away. um, Sorry. People that are, yeah. Yeah, they're great to give away. Like, let's say somebody books a call with you. You have a, you know, say you're a high ticket coach or something or a consultant. So they booked a call with you. The call is three days out. If you send them a case study every day for three days before the call, they are much more likely to show up on that call. That's right. Yep. And much more likely to be open to hearing your pitch because they know they're, they're not the only one that's been through your program and and it's so much. And because it's more detailed than a testimonial, it feels more real and not just cherry picked like, Oh, well they just, you know, like movie trailers do where they just picked out the best phrase. (laughs) Cause I think people have caught on to that. Right. It's like, sure. How is it every movie that's ever, you know, out on TV with a trailer is like amazing. You know, it's because it's they pull that one word out of the, yeah. the review, mm-hmm. even though it's like, this is an amazing disaster. <laughs> so they just pull the word amazing <laughs> That's out. good. That's good. <laughs> I, I haven't, you know, I haven't considered that, Sean. That's good. I like I, that. Yeah. I've done amazing it. Amazing disaster. Absolute confession. I've done it as a copywriter. Sure. Like I've, I've taken that one piece of the quote out, that one word mm-hmm. with a little dot, dot, dot on either side of it. Yeah. Because that's what fit my argument. Right. Um, right. You know, it's, I hate to admit that, but that's, that's what, it's what happens sometimes in the marketing world. Absolutely. I don't do that much anymore. Cause I, it's, I just, yeah, it's just not, not cool. So, so question I have, you mentioned yeah. AWAI has a thing on, I, I'd be interested in checking that. I don't know if that they even still have that out there, but the, oh, yeah, they do. the course on case studies. I'd be interested in checking that out because I write case studies, you know, 
those are things that I like to put together, but it's, I, I'd be curious. I'm always interested in learning other formats or, or what works best. And so, yeah, well, I'll tell you what, we're at 44 minutes, so I will show you one real quick. Okay. I got one pulled show up. Show me one. Show me one. So let me uh, switch screens here for a second and I will share my new screen. So Facebook user, you said, well, it could be amazing for the right person. Uh, what are you talking about? <laughs> I don't know. What you, I don't know when you said amazing. that. That was, oh, that was like amazing right now. Right so, so give us a little more context as I pull up another screen. Yeah. Yeah. So here, here's an example. So AWAI has a nine part uh, formula or our template that they use for case studies. Mm -hmm. So here's an example. This one, um, it says Florida attorney finds fulfillment and financial gain in copywriting career shift. And you can see it's kind of, it's written like, this is the format. It looks more like a report than mm -hmm. a sales page. Okay. Right. It doesn't look like an actual sales page. So number one is a news like headline. And I just told you what that is. Mm -hmm. The second part is a customer background. Yeah. The third part is the challenges. Um, so in this case, you know, she was feeling like something was missing in her job as an attorney. And then they throw in a stat that goes, oh, yeah, that yeah. reinforces yeah. that. According to a recent Gallup study, 51% of Americans aren't engaged with their work. Um, then it goes into the journey, part four. Her journey starts when a former boss tells her he needs copywriting help. She spots a banner, blah, blah, blah. Solution, implementation, results, uh, a little sidebar with summary points, and then pull out quotes that, that kind of, you know, bring the thing into life. Okay. So that's the basic format um, of a case study. And we could do a whole show on this, but that's just the quick oh, version. Man, that'd be good. Um, um, white papers yeah. and case studies. Yeah. I mean, there's, I mean, literally there's, um, agencies that that's all they do is they, they do, you know, either white papers or case studies or both. Um, and these are great to write as a copywriter because the bar for conversion is not as high, right? It's like, you're not up against like ad spin necessarily. Right. So this right. is, this is kind of like collateral material, bonus mm -hmm. material that a sales team can give out in the process of selling. Yep. So there's not like, Oh, I'm going to spend ad money on this and it's got to convert as soon as people see it. Yep. So even though you still have to write it well and all those kind of things, you just don't have that same pressure that you do for like a sales letter. Right. Uh, so from a career standpoint, if you're a freelancer, these are great and fun to write. You get to interview people. Mm -hmm. uh, and like I said, the, the pressure is not on that it has to convert the same way a sales page does. Yeah. Um, it still takes some work, but you do have to. So our Facebook user, sorry, I don't know your name. Um, Cause you, it's weird with StreamYard, you have to like allow it to see your user profile or something. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, Facebook user answered our question said, you said, you took out a small piece of a quote that felt gross since it was a small piece for your argument. You said, for that review, that said it was an amazing, okay, yeah, cool. Um, and it would, you're right, it would still be amazing for the right person. Um, yeah. 
it's just it's just kind of it's kind of like the fake deadlines they're kind of people are seeing through that stuff now you kind of have to be there's always somebody there's always like yeah you know it's funny like you ever watch polls like there's always 25 percent that you're like what the f are they thinking you know it's like yeah like what world are they living in (laughs) but it's it's always the same you know it's like that yeah like this user says, there's a, it could be amazing for some people, um, which, I mean, I, I don't disagree with that, that there's always that demographic of people that no matter how bad something is, they'll say, well, I thought it was great, you know. Oh, well, look in there. It's Chris O'Hearn right there. Ah, Chris. There we go. Knoxville native there, so. Ah, okay. Yeah, you'll have to figure that out next time so we can actually call you by name and make fun of you by name. <laughs> Because now we know stuff about you, so that you're actually a, That's right. a real. Was that IRL in real life? That's right. This is the kids say. Um, yes, yeah, so so we know who you are. The, now. the link to that, I want to make sure. And thanks for thanks for checking in, uh, Chris. AWAI.com, how to write. I'm going to post. We'll probably post the link on the show page. How to write a case study. Yeah. That's good stuff. I'm going to tell you there. If you don't do it right, it you know if you're writing and these are these are valuable. I mean, if you're selling to consumers or, you know, if it's one-to-one, but if you're selling to large corporations or companies, man, these things are gold. I mean, you can, you can win a sale. I mean, you can win a huge contract with a case study. Um, if you know how to write these things, but I was once involved in a case study. um, with a company years ago that, um, our marketing, it's a company that had their own marketing department and they were supposed to be writing the case study, but they asked me, they asked for help because I had, I had gone in and, and sold a large automotive OEM manufacturer and I had used something, a kind of an improbable um, device or equipment, so to speak, that no one else was using to do it. And they're like, we, can we interview you? Can we talk to you about this and spend time? Like, I guess. <laughs> How much are you going to pay yeah. me, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, so check this out. There's actually a case study on AWAI because that's where I learned about copywriting. Yeah. Um, of me. Ah, look at that. Sean McCool. me. Yeah, so case study, Sean Tucker McCool. turns career around top 200. Wow, uh, nice job. Right, so it's like, uh, so well, that, right, that's the that newsy sure. headline. Um, and then, like, you know, you kind of see the formula, yes. like the pain, the struggle, so. the oh, turning yeah. point. You know, so this is basically, it's almost like a hero's journey. It is. Um, you know, camp Bonanza, job offers. This is what your life, like your life before AWAI, before you went through and became... Right. Learn the skills. Oh, look how young and had look hair at that. back then. That's look so that, cool. Man. I had hair back then. I need to update that picture. Now, um, I like you. I like you better with the clean and the the guru beard. I like that yeah, better. yeah. Uh, it's growing on me. Literally, I like um, the guru beard. That's that's yeah, good. That's a good look. Yeah. So yeah, um, yeah. If you just go to awai.com and type in um, Sean McCool, you'll find a bunch of my articles and case studies and stuff. But anyway, that's good we'll stuff. Put man. A link. Yeah. We'll put a link on the show page as well. 
uh, persuasion. I would actually, I might throw in like, if you wanted to make a number 11 lit on that list. Yeah. I think it's always a good idea. A thank you email. Everybody loves a good thank you. You know, and even, even if they haven't bought a single product from you to say, thank you for being, uh, you know, this email is thanking, thanking, thanking you for being a part of my, uh, you know, my community or my list. And I thought about this from, you know, we were talking on the previous episode of this guy, Mac belts, you know, mm-hmm. um, inside, uh, inside the box. And I forgot, I didn't share this on the last episode, but inside the box, he's got a little message that says, thank you for trusting, trusting us with your business. It is an absolute honor and privilege to serve you. We hope you love your American, uh, your American made belt crafted from hands of warriors right here in the US of A. Um, I like just the thank you though, the first part of that, thank you for trusting us with your business. Thank you for trusting me with your time. Thank you. You know, there's something reciprocal about that when you say thank you. And I remember it, it reminds me, do you remember that, you know, we, we raved about the the Top Gun Maverick movie back last summer Yeah, and it just broke box office records. Right. I think there's something to the fact that, you know, Tom Cruise comes on there right before the movie starts and says, Mm. thank you. You Yeah. In the theater. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. This may, that we made this for you, but thank you. Yeah, that um, was... appreciation is, you know, really, um, yeah, it's not used a lot enough of today, but yeah. Yeah. And markers don't I use agree. enough of it. So check this out. Um, you know, we were talking about how StreamYard had made some updates. Mm-hmm. I can, instead of having to be on my other screen where this thing is, I can actually edit right on the exacts. Like it's given me mouse control. Mm-hmm inside the broadcast studio screen that's like I awesome. can actually i can actually click on here mm-hmm. and do it now that's great that's kind of that's kind of cool that is cool um hey yeah learn new things Streamyard. thank you see yeah. i just used the uh, thank you thank sure. you for <laughs> providing us with my mouse uh, is, that's crazy yeah. Interesting. That is cool. Anything else you would add to the list before we go? No, that's it. I, that thank you just right. stuck out to me is like, you know, thank you emails. You hear, you hear a thank you headline, you see a thank you headline and you're kind of like, okay, that's good. Yeah. You know, reciprocation. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your business. And I think, and I think Gratitude. it's good. Yeah. And I think it's good. Like if it's, especially if it's like after the fact, like, it makes sense to do it right after they buy, right? But yeah. if you do it six months later, um, that's where like it yeah, really yeah, stands right. out too, right? Right. You know, I mean, right. definitely do it right after a purchase, right after whatever. Exactly. But yeah. When you kind of come out of the blue with it, like, hey, you know, it's been a while since I said thank you. Mm-hmm. I know you bought six months ago. Yeah. Like you could even segment your list and do it per like thirty Absolutely. days. Right. You could send a thirty day thank you, a sixty day thank you, a ninety day thank you. Mm-hmm. Hey, it's been like two months since you bought anything from us, which is cool. But I just wanted you to know, I still appreciate you, even though it's been a while since you bought. Yep. If you need anything or you've got concerns, let me yeah, know, whatever. That's right. Um, 
So Chris said, now after thank you, you need a Kenny Loggins song. Last year. Love Kenny Loggins. That's on the playlist too. Yeah. Chris O'Hearn, man. Old soul, right? I mean, That's on are the- you even old enough to know who Kenny Loggins is? <laughs> I mean, goodness. That's, that's good uh, stuff, man. That's an old soul right there. That's right. That's right. I love those old right. souls. Yes. Kenny Loggins was definitely an 80s guy. Yeah. For sure. But he got some, he got some, uh, you know, he got a little tread on that, on that Maverick, you know, some throwback yeah. tread. True. So. True. Yeah. I actually think of him more as Footloose than I do Top mm-hmm. Gun. Yes. I yeah. guess it was Top Gun A lot as of people well. forget about that. Footloose. Yeah. Cool. It's good stuff. All right. Well, I guess that's a wrap. There's yep. uh there's 10 ways uh, you can use campaign, different campaign ideas in your emails to generate more sales, more love from your audience, better mm-hmm. deliverability, all kinds of goodness. If you'll just do those. And by the way, to answer the question, how often should you email um, more? Yeah. That's more. how I'm often. That's right. More, more than what you're doing now. No. More that's chances right. are. Yep. I'd say for 99% of people, it's more than what you're doing now. Mm-hmm. Yep. Good stuff. Uh, Sean, it's been fun. That was a good list, man. And uh, Chris says Caddyshack 2. Yes. Um, that's, a, oh, that's, a, that's a classic. Um, By the way, tying back to our last episode, there was a Caddyshack reference. In the uh, Super that's Bowl. exactly when he said that. I, I thought about the Caddyshack commercial. In the Tony Romo playing Bill Murray's part. <laughs> That was actually pretty good. That was. That was. He kind of, with the with the hat and everything, uh, yeah. kind of the side glance, it was like, oh, that's pretty good. So, yep. All right, guys. Well, listen, uh, thanks for listening, tuning in. As always, you can find us on all of your playlist platforms, Stitcher Radio, iHeart, Spotify, you name it. Thanks for checking in. We'll see you guys next week. As always, persuasionbythepint.com. Sean, enjoy your weekend. Will do. See ya.